We've been utterly lied to about our history and our origins through scientism. Um, our timeline is completely messed up. We have no idea who we are or when we are. And we don't, we barely even understand where we are, considering all the deceptions around you know, the heliocentric model and the rest. Well, the real danger is the fact that we are heading toward a post-human apocalypse. There may be a connection between modern-day abductions and the ancient tale of the Nephilim. If we don't understand the Genesis 315 narrative, the Messiah will crush your head, you will bruise his heel. That is the gateway to the entire rest of the biblical prophetic narrative. Pergamum, they're in the city where Satan's throne is. Satan is the Prince of Rome, the Prince of Rome is Jupiter, the Prince of Rome is Zeus, because Satan is Zeus. The end game, which is Armageddon, is going to be the emergence of a new golden age in which the gods walk openly among mankind as they did in the world before the flood of Noah. And there's no stopping it. It will happen. Hey, what's up, guys? We want to welcome you to our podcast, and we are very excited today. We have a special guest with us, JT. Uh, you may know him as JT Follows JC, and you can find him on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. So welcome, bro. How you doing? Better than the last time. Um, the last time we talked, I could barely like enunciate a word because my because I have a cold. But I'm I'm doing much better now. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> great. Hey, so we'll just yeah. ju jump right into it. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, uh, you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are. How'd you, how'd you get to the point to where you just started making? content and just how you started getting into the research that you do well like i said i'm i'm 45 years old uh, i grew up in a christian home pretty much in suburbia kind of like a just a you know just a normal every town usa and which my my parents took me to church every sunday i went to christian schools um i went to even i even graduated from uh, liberty university and so I kind of like grew up as a believer and I, and I would say that I've always believed. I mean, I, I think everybody has their points of like, is this really true? I've been taught this way, but I, I never really doubted for too long that, that Jesus was the way, the truth and the life. And I believe that. But at the same time, when you grow up kind of in a Christian home, it's easy to kind of walk that lukewarm line because it's like, go, like, I think going to Baptist schools, I think I was, I always was just like presented with, like, these are the rules. You don't right. do this. You don't do that. You don't do this. And when you do, we're going to punish you. And so, like, when you see Christianity from that point of view, you usually typically just try to, like, well, how close can I get to the line and not get punished? And I think that I grew up with a lot of people yeah. like that. And it just, it's almost like, like knowing what's true versus understanding what's true. And I just think as, like, a young person, I just had this narrow focus on what I've what I thought life was supposed to be like you go as American. It's like, obviously first you get, you know, you need to be a Christian. I believe I didn't want to go to hell. So like right. I accepted Jesus, got baptized very young. But then as I got out of school, I thought, look, okay, so what do you do? You get a job, you get a wife, you get 2.5 kids, you get like the white picket fence and you know, then you have everything you want. And then it's like happily ever after, except for 
it sounds stupid saying that obviously because it's because it is stupid because obviously there's a lot lot of life you know to live after that and then what do you do but i think once i got all the things that i thought i wanted or should have it was almost like i had the idea of what it was supposed to look like but have no idea what it was actually supposed to be like right and when i got all those things i started to almost get this anxiety about me of like whoa what if i lost some of these things i got all the things i wanted but it almost felt like like life is like this just knowing as i was getting older and you know you start to get like your health starts to break down a little bit like i was a little bit of an athlete in my in my 30s doing like races and running and cycling and all those kind of things and as i was getting injured i was just like well i guess i can't do this forever so what what am i going to do forever and then you obviously you know you have debts in the family and then you think like is this the best it's ever going to be you know that i had that that thought in my head and i think right around the 2020 election i just was like wow like 2020 um you know obviously the pandemic all the things and then i started i went through a divorce like i'm not not in my own making like i didn't i never wanted that to happen and so i remember feeling like all the things i thought were stable in my life were just like completely unstable and i really had to at that point like question what was true what i believed and basically i had to cry out to god like god what if i lose all the things i'm worried about losing i I almost felt like i got that message from god like yeah you might lose those things you probably will and what are you going to do if you do and i thought like well I guess as long as I'm good with you and I'm do I'm doing what's right. I, I haven't put you first in my life. So I'm going to try that. And if I can sleep well at night, knowing that I'm doing all I can for you, then, then that's, that's good enough for me. And I did that. And I just like, I gave God all the things I couldn't control. And then I just, just took care of the little things in front of me. Started to read my Bible again with fresh eyes and God changed me. Like I, ne- I never had that, like, that kind of real trans, you know, transformational change because I, I never thought I was that bad, but, yeah. but only, only yeah. I know how I felt inside. And like, when I had that change where I like, I, I really believed I started to read my Bible with fresh eyes. I started to say, everyone's lying to me except for God. I started to read my Bible. Like, it's, like it's like, it is the truth. And, and then after that, I started to try to cut certain things out of my life because I felt like a closeness with God that I never had before. And, I felt like this, I really felt demonic attacks, especially at the very beginning of my, like my journey. Right. And I started to question like, where did these things come from? Was it, is this possibly something I invited into my house? You know, almost like the whole mythos of the vampire. Right. We're like, I can't come in unless you invite me in yeah. and invite me in. Well, I invited probably a lot of those things in at times in my life. And, and, you know, looking back, I'm like, Okay, so if I did do that, I need to figure out how it happened. And then when I learned a little bit about it, I felt like I felt compelled to start telling people about this kind of stuff. And, and yeah, before you know it, I got a guy on TikTok, my brother invited me to, to check out TikTok. And I was just like, what is this This is like 13 year old girls stuff. Like I'm 40 years old, man. Like, what are you right? Why would I care about this? Until like I said, I started to see some conspiracy stuff, some Illuminati (laughs) stuff and some like, you know, some YouTube, yeah. like stuff like the YouTube content I started to consume at that point of like, you know, symbolism, like decoding things. And I, and I couldn't get enough. So, so I was reading my Bible. I was watching every, I was going down the rabbit hole. And as I was learning things, eventually I made my first like TikTok and like I had three followers, I think I got 10,000 views. And 
And then I had a thousand followers and then I made a couple more. And then before you know, I had 20,000 followers. And then it was yeah. like, and then it was like, the, the cool thing was like, as I was waking up, I had certain people trying to like say, as I was you know, mostly just doing like very just Bible based stuff. I was really like saying, I, I finally understand what the scriptures are saying. So I was explaining them yeah. to people and they're like, well, you really changed. You think you might go into the ministry? And I was like, well, I mean, I, I just got, I'm getting divorced. So I was like, I don't really think I'm qualified to do anything like that. I don't really think I have a place in ministry. And then for, you know, it, it's like, God did give me like this ministry that I said, I had no idea. Like God provided a door, I mean, you find it a way, opened a door that I didn't even know existed. And then for, you know, it like, you know, you start doing this and, and yeah, for, you know, I'm doing like podcasts, making a movie and yeah. And, you know, obviously doing this as much as I can. Cause I just, I just can't get enough. I love it. Yeah, that's that's oh, awesome. I I remember it was probably around 2021 or something. I remember seeing you, and this was before I was even content for the faith. I was I had this mm -hmm. other little account, and that just got shadow banned, and I just bagged that one. You know, it started fresh. But I remember seeing you. I'm like, who is this guy? And, you know, because you were like real like excited about what you were talking about and i think you were talking mm -hmm. about the book of revelation but i just remember like you're the og TikToker, you know what i mean <laughs> but like i i just remember also like how you said when when i first started getting into it i thought i thought TikTok was just you know these little kids just dancing and these girls mm -hmm. doing dances and stuff but um yeah i mean it's it's i've learned a lot met a lot of cool people on, on this platform but um so just kind of keeping it going so um you you have kind of changed your mind about a few things and one of it being just uh, cosmology i know that probably a couple years ago i went on a live with you and we were kind of talking and we were just chatting a little bit about you and you you just seemed a little resistant and stuff like that and uh, what what do you think changed for you as far as just looking into these things that the church just has nothing to do with nowadays they don't want to talk about it so what made you kind of dig into it more well i i think that i mean i guess like this should go without saying but i think a lot of people you know who don't know us like, it's funny, like you saying, like, I'm some OG. It's like, I just started doing this. I I might have started like a month before you. <laughs> like, and and I guess it is. It's just like, I think some of us are like, we're all works in progress, right? right? Like, and I would say I'm still at one of those. So like, I, I said, obviously, I get a little bit, you know, a little bit anxiety when I hear people like are really hanging on every word I say. And it's like, listen, I am still don't ever just trust me fully look back what I say. Yeah. And so I felt like that God just, I mean, I feel like sometimes it's like the first bit of faith is just, just that first step. Right. You know, cause it's kind of like if God said, I don't want you to go speak on TikTok until you, you until you know everything. Right. Well, you would never, obviously we would, none of us would be on this app. Right. You know, we couldn't do it. So it's like, if you think about like, even like Peter, Peter messed up a lot. And I think that's obviously why we love the apostle Peter, because we can obviously see ourselves. We can relate to that is like, but I think he was zealous in the right way. And I think some of us have been wrong, but for the right reasons and going out there. And I think that 
I felt like I wanted to start talking about the end times things. I think probably because I was seeing 2020 and I was seeing all the signs. And so that was kind of my main focus. And I think obviously I have like, you know, we all, we all come into the, the, the content creation with our backgrounds. Right. So I like, I like comic books. I watched the Marvel movies. I love, you know, I've, I've watched every movie almost like, so I, so I always <laughs> have those references built in. So like, so the first bit of content I was making was end times prophecy. And then I was doing like, decoding like comic book movies and, and comics and that kind of stuff. So when obviously when I get presented with like flat earth stuff, I'm like, first of all, I have people in my, you know, my, who I, I know locally who are saying how stupid it all is. And so like, you can't help but like be biased in that kind of way. And then I think I used to get frustrated because I was trying to talk about something else. And then somebody would be like, what about the earth? What about the shit? The earth's flat. What about the dome? <laughs> And I'm just like, well, we're not talking about that right now. Mm -hmm. And, and so I would, I, I think I did probably get resistant at first. And, and I think at one point I saw like, you know, a video that actually seemed like it debunked the flatter stuff. And I was just like, well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I don't have to look into this. Yeah. So they were like, I'm dumb. I don't need to look into that now. But then I think it wasn't until like, I've, I've kind of rested my, you know, my, my account and like, obviously my life now the Bible's true and I'm going to judge everything else versus what the Bible says. And I think it wasn't until like, I'm not sure who it was or if it was one of you guys, or it was like just an account that said, you know, whether the earth's flat or not, I'm not sure. But what I am sure is there's waters above. Cause here's what it says right here. I started to think about that. <laughs> and then, it, and then people were saying, well, the Bible seems pretty clear that the, that the, the sun goes around the earth, not, not vice versa. And so like, so obviously once you start to look into those things and then you do like research what it says about the firmament and the waters above, and then there's a million scriptures. I think there's 50 scriptures about the earth's not movable. And you're like, wait a minute, like, can I still believe what I did believe and say that I believe the Bible? And I think that's what it really came down to it. It's like, I, I said that I believed it, yeah. but do I believe it? And then I really had to decide which, who do yeah. I trust? And then I think I, I, you know, praise God, I decided, well, I'm going to just trust what God says. And then the more I researched it, I think the thing that really kind of tipped it off for me was, was that being challenged in that sort of way. And then also like not, not believing in the moon landing before this, but then finding out like the, well, why do you believe that there is a ball anyways? Well, because I got a picture of it. Here's the picture. Well, then you find out, wait a minute supposedly they took that picture on the way to the moon. So you're like, all right, that's tough. That's a tough one for me now because I don't think they went. And then you look it up and it's like, no, that's not actually a real picture. And then you're like, wait a minute, all the pictures are not real. Yeah. So then you really have to decide. It's like, okay, so if I only really believe because of those, the pictures, the video, I don't believe it anymore. Okay. Well, now it's just like, it's, it's, it's easy one for me. It's like, I'll just believe what the Bible says. And and yeah, I, I would like to say that if you can give me credit for anything, not for being right all the time, but being willing to admit that that I was wrong about certain things and and being wrong and, and just because because we care what's true. So like, I think that's where I, I'd like to just stand at is yeah. that that I might be wrong about some things I'm making videos about right now. But like, I like to say that I'm not going to be too prideful to say to try to stick behind that that wrong position in order to be right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, because I've I've changed my mind a whole bunch of times, 
you know, in the past. And, and it's a lot of people, they're really cemented in their beliefs. And honestly, I think that if you're that way, then how, how can you learn anything new? It seems like it's, it's kind of like what you said, it's like a pride thing where you already think you know it all. If you're so cemented, mm -hmm. you know, where if people get presented this new information and like how you say, they're just not, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, I mean, what, what was it you think? Uh, Cause that's kind of what got me to with, with the scripture and ultimately that's what sealed the deal for me. But what was something else besides the fake pictures and CGI that just kind of caught your attention where, People use this as an absolute proof, and then you saw something that was contrary to that. I think there was. I remember one day it was. Uh, I was looking some stuff up, and I was, and I was trying to figure out how high they said the atmosphere went. And I, there was no good answer for that. I was like, I saw like from what was like a couple thousand feet to what was it like six? It was like, I can't remember. It was like 200,000 kilometers or something like it was all over the map of like how high it went. And I thought, wait a minute, that doesn't sound very like, so how does what most people would perceive based on what we know, like, or at least we've been told there's this, like, there's this little layer of atmosphere and then you go pop, you get right out of it. And then all of a sudden it's floating. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then when they say, actually, the atmosphere is like is two hundred thousand kilometers long or something. There, were, I literally found a scientific article that said that the moon is inside our atmosphere. Yeah, I saw. And that I was like, too. wait a minute. So I, so I actually, in in some ways, it actually kind of allowed me to believe both models a little bit because I said, wait a minute. So what this is saying is what the Bible is saying is that these things are all inside whatever this is <laughs> so i said maybe people are just kind of talking past each other and i think that that was when i was like really like yeah. that i don't think that people really know what they believe when they say they believe the heliocentric you know spinning ball model right they, nobody has any idea what they, they what, it, what it says i think people say oh well the earth spins but i don't think they realize that supposedly it spins a thousand miles an hour and then it spins around the sun at a 66 6.6 thousand miles an hour and then it and then this what the sun is going like what like 600 million miles an hour and we're doing all this at the same time and i think i think what it really kind of got me was somebody i saw a video about somebody talking about the constellations and i think it was right around the time i was learning about the Maseroth, and i was learning about you know how like biblically you know like people think astrology is just the devil the end but it literally says, I think in Genesis 1, uh, 1.14, that God put the, the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky for signs first, seasons, and then days yeah. and nights. So I was like, okay, so if, if God put these things in the sky, it's for us to see them. And if we were going that fast, yeah. they obviously would change. Like that like that doesn't work. So I really almost thought like, wait a minute, if if these constellations are there and they're, and they're fixed and they move, like, and obviously you can <laughs> not, not can you set your watch by them, but you can, obviously that's what the sky is. It's like a clock. And it's yeah. like, if, if that's not showing us that this place is stable, all these other things are moving. And like, again, I think 
I don't think there's any argument really against the Polaris. It's like when you find out there's a star that actually doesn't move, it just stays in the same place all the time. And all the other stars move around and you're like, okay, so we like to live in a planetarium, basically. Yeah. And I'm like, that yeah. to me, that was like, <laughs> all right, I don't think there's there's a scientific explanation that I could possibly buy that if they say all those things and that could appear the same way, I, I, I think that was kind of the end of it. And then so ever since then, like obviously the you know the the images of like like zooming in from very far you think something went over the horizon and actually no it didn't you just can't see that far the horizon you know like the horizon goes up to yeah. your perspective meets your eyes water does meet level um it, it's just those kind of things it just said it it, it just kind of confirmed to me like yeah th they're just making stuff up <laughs> yeah their excuse for polaris not not ever moving is it's just far away but then there so there's clusters and stars all around it that are millions supposedly millions of times further away and they move from horizon to horizon <laughs> so yeah it's well it's the that's the thing it's like i guess that's what people don't understand it's like that I think there's what is it? I think it's the Dendera zodiac is like the oldest one we know of. Oh. It's from ancient Egypt, and it shows the constellations as they are. And it's like people don't get people don't get. It. It's like you could still see the same stars. Suppose I mean, honestly, if you're spinning like we are, they'd all look like streaks in the sky. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they wouldn't even look still. You would, like you ever see the time lapse? That's what it would look like because we'd be moving so fast. But they don't. But pointing this way, like obviously the Big Dipper, like. If one's closer than the other one, you might actually look like they start to look like they're getting closer to each other yeah. because of perspective. Right. And so our perspective is always the same, which makes you think, hey, if, the, if our perspective is always, that's because we're still yeah. at yeah. rest. Just like the just like the Bible says. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. It doesn't just say that like mm -hmm. once or twice. It's repeatedly. It's a consistent thing all throughout the Bible. It's on foundation, it's at rest, and yeah. And that's what we're doing. Well, you're saying, like, like I said, the Dendera Zodiac, I think, I wanna say that it's, I think it's 4,000 years old. Okay, so you're telling me that they have not changed in 4,000 years. Oh, because they're really far away? Yeah, that's their excuse. Yeah. I mean, again, like that makes no sense. No. no. Yeah, you put millions of miles on something and then everything just makes sense, apparently. Well, that's that's that is the scientific method. That's not scientific at all. Is to say, blah blah blah, a million years, sixty million years, a billion years, and then everything seems plausible because I don't have to fill in all the gaps in, like the gap that's you know, right. is, is wider than you could even fathom. Right. Because I think most people don't quite understand that they cannot grasp that many that much time. And then they don't realize the scientists can't grasp that much time. And also that's not science because science is supposed to be repeatable. <laughs> like you yeah. can't, you can't repeat something that's, um, that has, obviously you can't do that in a lab. So I want to reel you back in for a second, but you said something about the Maseroth. What, what is that? Well, the Maseroth is, it's, is like, you know, I think I got a book. It was called the mystery of the Maseroth by Tim, Tim Warner. Which is funny because he's a ball earther and he had like this book about the Maseroth. Yeah. That being said, the Maseroth is like so it mentions in the book of Job, it mentions the Pleiades, 
It mentions um, Orion's belt, I believe. It mentions a few of these kind of like the, the constellations. I think even uh, Psalm 19 talks about that the day to day, the night to night, the the basically the ferment, the sky pours out speech without giving any words. It's saying there's there's tents for the sun to rest in. And it's like, it's very clear, like once you understand the prophetic language that is literally talking about the Zodiac. And again, so I think the difference is for most Christians, they would know that's satanic, the, the Zodiac satanic because they're the only knowledge they have about the zodiac is horoscopes right. yeah you know so it's, it's kind of like you could use the, the the bible for idolatry if you're just which probably lots of churches do where you're picking out this one scripture just for me because this is supposed to be this is supposed to lead my day this one scripture that says i'm going to have fame and fortune in it. you know what i mean like that's what the zodiac it, that's what the horoscopes are it's like that i'm letting the stars dictate like how am I supposed to live my life and the decisions I make? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like the Bible, just like the just like the stars in the sky, are pointing to Jesus. The story is about Jesus in the sky in your Bible, and so like what you need to do is try to understand your position in that you're very small. You know, like you can play a part in this, but this is not about you. It's always about the glory of God, and so the so the zodiacs actually literally point to Jesus. It's like, I think they say like, so Virgo, I'm one of those people who believe that Revelation 12 talks about the, the signs that were in the, in the sky when the great signs in the heavens when Jesus was born was Virgo. And it was like, so if you think about even like the Old Testament prophecy about the branch, you know, the woman holding the branch, like that's literally what Virgo is. So it mentions all these signs that Jesus was born on September 11th, 3 BC, because I mean, literally they can, again, the sky is a clock. You can actually go back and see when these things would have happened based on other historical data we have about when Jesus was born. And so like, but what interesting enough, all these things are prompt have been promised throughout and they all lead to it. I think it's even like Aries is, is the Ram. You just think about the Ram, like that when God was going to tell Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, right? he provided a Ram. Well, this is crazy. So when Jesus was, crucified on the cross the bible mentions there was an eclipse at like six o'clock in the evening literally when that happened there would have been aries would have been in the sky right behind him unless it would have been it's like basically the sky would have went black just so aries could have been exposed like as jesus being the sacrifice that have been a sight i mean it's like see. i mean the whole thing is like i guess you think about it like this like these are the things that obviously the, the the sky is the stars are supposed to be there to tell you. And if you think about it, like you know, we talk about like planets, right? Wandering stars. It's it, isn't it interesting how they're all named after these false gods? But the other stars, when I mean, obviously the majority of the, the stars that did not fall are not fallen angels. Those ones are fixed, and they're telling a story about our, our God, the King. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and I think once you understand that, it, it's like, is it perhaps like, is that one of the reasons why people ask, well, why would they lie about the yeah, shape of the earth? Right. Why would they lie and say you should not research the zodiac at all? Because they don't want you to know these certain things. They all point back to intelligent design. They point back to a creator who took very good care about telling us about him. Yeah. Yeah. I know you looked in a little bit of that too, Shane. Uh, 
Yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, he, I mean, he's right. What, you know, from my understanding of the Maseroth, um, it's basically the Maseroth came first. The Zodiac came later. The Maseroth is the Hebrew version of the Zodiac, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it, yeah, it basically is, is saying that the gospel of Jesus Christ is literally written in the stars. Um, and there's a couple of good books on it. He mentioned a good one. It's unfortunate that the author is a glober. Um, that, that <laughs> it is weird because it it's funny when you see like this, the Zo- like how the Zodiac is supposed to work in the other model. And it's just like, this doesn't make a lick of sense when they show the way the sun going around, you know, or the, the earth going around the sun. It, right. it doesn't make any sense at all. Right. right. Yeah, none. Um, and you mentioned something about the branch. I was just reading that um, in one of these books here. I want to try and find it real quick because I, I mean it just really relates to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, while you're finding that, uh, so you had said something else about the wandering stars, uh, which you know we call them planets. But I've talked to certain people too, and they get so hung up because you know what we've been shown this model. You know, you got the sun, and then you got all the planets, and they're just lined up behind the sun right and they're rotating but something that someone has told me before but i could see saturn in in the sky um, you know just because they can see it up there they think well that means that we're a globe you know what i mean like what right what? well the, i think i think that we don't like we we perceive things like well i think without us being told this is a sphere we see the luminaries in the sky and we assume they're spheres too because because that's what they tell us. And obviously when they are, let's just say they're edited, they're, you know, they're cleaned up. They make them look like they're cylindric. I mean, they look, they look like, they look like spheres, the way that they're presented. They probably even put a little shine on it. Cause it's like chat. They probably even mess with the shadows to make it look more like a sphere. Yeah, right. Like the, the truth is as obviously like following people like David, when you, I got a telescope at one point too. Like I think when I started got interest in the Maseroth, I got one of these and sadly where I come from, stars are not all that good over here. (laughs) Light pollution or whatever, but like we can't see too many stars. But the funny thing, like getting your telescope and I'm sure you can do this on every, every, any place probably in the world, go look for the brightest star in the sky. And unfortunately, it's not what they tell you it is because it's Venus. it's Venus. So it's Venus is supposedly a planet, but it's way brighter than all the other stars in the sky, right. even the real stars. And supposedly it's just reflecting the sun, which again, does not make sense unless like the, unless Venus is literally like a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> because it's made of, it's made of mirrors. <laughs> mirrors. Cause like it looks so bright. And then you look at, you know, you look at Venus, you look at Mars, you look at some of these other, other, the planets, and they dance like they're in water and they don't look like anything you've ever seen. They, they don't look like the pictures they've shown you. And so the real question is, why? Is it because my telescope's not that good or is it because I don't have Photoshop? Yeah. Bingo. You don't have Photoshop. Yeah, and that that was one of the things that, that got me when I would see stuff that Shane was posting and other people with the stars. When I first saw the first star I've ever seen that was just a live video. I was just thinking to myself, this, like that was just one of those moments where you just had this 
this revelation. You're like, yeah, we are. That's water. That's straight up water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like a light in water. And I just, I'm like, okay, I believe it. (laughs) Yeah. They'll they'll try to blame that on, you know, the atmosphere, atmosphere turbulence. Like the mm-hmm. air, like the air can be turbulent, but um, if the best thing I can compare it to, I remember when I was a kid, like when I go to the pool at nighttime and like go swim underwater and look up at the street lamp, it looks just like a star through a telescope. I mean, it would be mm-hmm. you know, the same thing. The the little rays that are, it looks like it's spinning really fast, but it's not. It's just you know the light shining through the water and all ripply and stuff. It's the same exact effect through a telescope. You can't tell me that's no, it, atmosphere turbulence. I mean, well, I think that I, and I, of course, the more I've looked into this stuff, I, I found like, okay, so if it was just the atmosphere, well, why are all the, all the patterns different for every different, every different star right. or different, different planet? They all ripple differently. Yeah. They're not the same. So like I had a, I had experience this past summer. I was like, hanging out with my wife on the deck and we were just like, just, you know, just relaxing after like kind of like a long day. And, you know, in the summertime, obviously the sun's up longer and we have these, like these pots like that, that have water in them. And I was just looking on like the, uh, like the eve of the house and I just saw this light and it was just twinkling. And I was like, and of course now that after I'd had the telescope, I said, like, that looks exactly the same. And so what was happening was, that the sun was beaming down and hitting the water in this pot and it was just shooting up and it was just dancing right on like, yeah. like on, a, on the soffit of the house, oh, like running under the a gutter. And yeah. it was like, it was so cool. Cause it's like, because that is exactly what it looks. I mean, like, yeah. I'm not saying it's close. I'm saying that's exactly, exactly. what they look like. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what they look like. So it's like, so to me, it's like, again, this is, I think this is what the problem is that, that a lot of Christians, you know, who sit in the, sit in the pews on Sundays, they are told not to believe what their eyes yes. tell them. They're told not to believe what the Bible tells them. And so once you cite, it's funny, like, it's like a lot of things with the Bible. It's like that, let's just say you believe the Bible first. You'll start to see the evidence for the Bible being true all over the place. And I think that's the same thing where it's like, once you're willing to accept, all right, might get called crazy, might get called stupid if I say I believe this. But then you see the evidence everywhere. And I think that that's kind of like, that's probably like the whole idea of like, that, you know, I've really felt thankful, you know, like doing what I do. It was like, in the book of John, when when Jesus heals the blind man, the guy was born blind. And it's like, that's who we all are. You know, that we were all born blind until Jesus gave his eyes see. But you know what? You had to believe, you know, so once you believed, then you could see like it's almost like your faith has made you healed, you know, so like now you can actually see the things that were that were never hidden. Yeah. You know, I guess that's like the whole thing is like I love hashtag hidden in plain sight because everything is hidden in plain sight to someone who's blind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But once you can see, it's like, wow. I mean, like you, you don't even realize the depths of like the the. You like the just the things we could not see that were like right in front of us all the time it's literally like the world totally changes you literally see the whole world differently once you wake up to these things i mean everything Mm -hmm. when i went 
out on the you know on the lake uh with the boat this summer my dad's got a boat and pontoon and we'll take it you know take it out and the whole family will get together and we'll, we'll go out on the boat and just fish a little mainly just ride around cruise around on the lake and and hang out but um there was uh it was it was sprinkling rain but the sun was still out like no clouds in the sky but it was sprinkling rain and i remember watching those little drops hitting the lake and the sun the way the sun was reflecting off of them i swear it looked like twinkling stars just stars yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, man, there's a thousand, you know, there's so many different ways water could play into the stars, you know, the, and what we Yeah, see. and that's real science. That's repeatable, like what you were saying earlier. Yeah. You could repeat stuff like that. Yeah, and then there's the reflection of the sunlight coming across the water. It comes straight at you. That is impossible on a ball or on a curved surface. You will not get light traveling in straight lines. Nothing does. Mm-hmm. No reflection will. Mm-hmm. It's distorted, like those mirrors on the school bus that are curved. You know how everything's distorted yeah. in them? Well, that's what it would look like when you're looking at the moon or the sunlight's reflection on the ocean or a, or a large body of water. Everything would be distorted, but it's not. It's a perfect mirrored image. You only get that on flat surface. Well, well isn't it also, David, mm-hmm. that there's certain types of telescope that the that the way that was is it refracting versus what's the other kind of telescopes that there's two there's two um you know primary kinds refracting and reflecting but there's a Mm -hmm. lot of different types of reflecting telescopes but the interesting thing about all of them they all use curved lenses right so that was so that would make it appear that what you're seeing through the telescope looks like a sphere and there's yeah there's (laughs) wow right yeah that's an aha moment where you're like okay so that's why it looks like a sphere yeah. that's interesting instead of just just a circle that's interesting they make um some of these higher end telescopes or you can buy a field flattener for your telescope it's made to correct that and when you look at you know some of these wandering stars the planets with a a field flattener on your telescope they look like flat discs they no longer you know right they don't look as spherical and Right. So I think that, so that, that's the, that's one of those things where like, again, that I learned that and I was like, huh. So why, you know, so like, so they're, they clean up an image and still leave it distorted. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so they Photoshop all of the imperfections up, but they leave the distortion from the lens. Yeah. Well, that seems convenient. And again, like you, when they go up to the international space station or wherever outer space is, and then they use like a GoPro lens or whatever they use with the fisheye. Right. And you're like, okay, so if it is curved, we'll put it this way. Like you, there's, you get two kinds of answers. It's too big to see the curve, right? Yeah. Right. It's either too big to see the curve or yeah, obviously it's, it's curved because look at this picture and you're like, okay, so I would actually respect, I, I, I might actually be more likely to believe they say, oh, it's too big. It's too big to see the curve from this height. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, because I think that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson said. But instead, they show us obviously, very obviously, fisheye lens video and pictures from the, from certain heights. And you're like, okay, so now if you take a look at the, the metal around, the metal's bent, everything's everything's curved. Yes. Okay, so like, if you don't like, obviously, if you're not, if you're dishonest in that kind of way, a dishonest by omission to say that you're not that you yeah, this is a distorted image. Well, then you're a liar. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a lie by omission to say that. 
And again, it's like, to me, it's like, thou dost protest too much. Like if you're trying to show a curve when there's not one, well, then I'm just going to call you a liar because you are yeah. one. It's that's interesting because I've got a really good friend of the family and he was telling me that, you know, we're, we've all drank the Kool-Aid. We're part of this flat earth cult and because <laughs> he just knows it's a globe. And I'm like, well, how do you know it's a globe? Cause I've flown in the airplane. I've seen it. I've seen it, Shane. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause we were texting, we were texting about this for weeks and I mean, he'd get mad about it and um, it's got to the point now he won't even, sp he won't even speak anymore. Good friend of the family won't talk to any of us because some of my family are flat earthers now too. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, so he said his proof was he has saw the curve from an airplane. He knows it's round. And, um, but the funny thing is the day before I sent him a video of high altitude amateur balloon footage, 20 miles high, flat, perfectly flat. And you know what he told me? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not high enough to see the curve. But he was he told me he saw it from only five miles up. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. That's cognitive dissonance at its finest yeah. right there. They will lie to you. Yeah, I was, telling, I was telling Ricardo today that I saw, um, it was like a, there's something on Facebook and somebody was showing like, <clears throat> I think it was the skyline of Chicago from 50 miles yeah. away. And you could see basically the bottoms of the buildings. And then one of the top comments was this was this lady saying the flat earth is a psyop they they want to see who's programmable and i was kind of thinking like it could not be further from the truth because it's like obviously the program is obviously everything they taught us in school yeah, yeah. so they taught you think they taught you right in school and then just decided to put through the psyop out there to see you could be tricked again like it, it's it should go without saying that people who are flat earthers now believe the earth was once a ball, right. a spinning ball. Mm -hmm. So like we had to be convinced and it's like, for the most part, <laughs> there are no pats on the back to come out as a flat earther. No. I mean, it's like, no. this is not, and, and this is one of the reasons why like people around me who I know probably have apprehensions. And these are the people kind of people to get mad when you, when you ask questions again, before I, before I got to where I am, I just used to ask questions because that's what I do about everything. Right. And once they started to get mad at me, I was kind of like, whoa. Like, do you, I guess there's no answer to that. I mean, like, if you had an answer, you would not get upset. Right. Because you'd calmly tell me the truth, and I'd be like, okay. Again, like I said, because I was ready to just say, it's a ball. I can go back my business. I can go back to search, researching whatever else I was researching. Right. But they got mad. And so, like, understanding like me who's skeptical about everything like i had to be really convinced and i had to get to the point where i'm like prove it to me prove it to me and they it's not necessarily proving the flatness but it's really like almost there's no proof for the ball oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like there's you find out there's no proof for like the things that we're told about the ball part and i think that like so when somebody says this is so somebody showing somebody who's programmable. It's like, I know I'm the opposite of programmable because I question everything. I'm always like, where are you getting that from? Like, why does it like that? Why, what, all the questions. And, and I think that's the thing. It's like that there's no, people were telling me, if you say the earth is flat, then they're not going to believe you. Your, your credibility is going to be questioned about everything else you say. Right. And, 
and I don't disagree with that. Like I, I do not disagree with that to the to the normies. Yeah. The normies are going to say you probably think the Earth's flat too. Yeah. And it's like you, and I'm probably thinking like you've never looked into it, have you? Yeah. Because just like everything, every other conspiracy we talk about, they're all crazy until you actually look it up and you're like, man, that wasn't even hard to find. I know. Yeah. And that was like, it's like you can tell people about Freedom of Information Act stuff. <laughs> like literally, like it's like straight up government documents. No. Uh-uh. And you're like, <laughs> it's like literally, it's like I can show you where to look it up on like, like this .gov site that tells you what exactly what I'm telling you. And they'll still reject it. So it's like, so if that kind of person will reject anything else I say, because I, I say what the Bible says, and obviously what my eyeballs say, well, it, I can't, I can't control what they believe. Right. You know, I'm not here to change everyone's mind. I'm here to plant seeds and I'm here to just, and, I'm, and mostly I hope to just get people to ask the questions themselves and go look it up. You know, like if you're willing to go look things up with an open mind, you know, not already knowing it all, you know, really realizing you really don't know a lot. I think once it means you realize you've been lied to and you start looking things up, you're like, you really start to say, what else they lied about? And I think it's probably where most of us came to. We're like, they really lied about the earth? Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. It blows your mind at first. Like I, I literally had an anxiety, a full on anxiety attack the day I became a flat earther. <laughs> I mean, my heart was just pounding and I, I couldn't believe it. My head was spinning. I'm like, yeah, no way in the whole world. Like everybody fell for it. You know, everybody. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I literally had one of those Neo moments, like from the Matrix, like literal, <laughs> he's going to pop literal awakening <laughs> moment. It, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. But yeah, I like what you said. Yeah. We people think they they know everything. And the ones that think that if you actually listen to them speak, they are the most ignorant. They're the dumbest. And that's why it's like what we were talking about the other night. They're old wine skins. They got no room for new wine, but mm-hmm. even, you mm-hmm. know, Isaac Newton, who was supposed to be, you know, he was a, an astronomer, a brilliant mathematician, scientist. And I think he was a Christian by some of his quotes. He said it best. What we know is a drop. What we don't know is an ocean. In comparison, <laughs> we know a little yeah. drop compared to an entire ocean. That's our knowledge. Really? Dude. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that that's like, I think <sighs> from the very beginning, growing up in Christian schools and obviously rejecting evolution, knowing that's yeah. a complete lie, you know, that if God created us in his image, well, clearly he didn't start with an animal first. I mean, like that's bla- downright blasphemous to say <laughs> that he did, you know, so so knowing that I already questioned some of the science, and then when they started talking about B- Big Bangs, all the timelines, the dinosaur stuff, it's, it's obviously very sus. Mm-hmm. Like, you, when you start to talk to somebody who's got to answer for everything, and they're sure of it, like, you, like now you know you smell BS, because yeah. you're like, because <laughs> I know you can't know everything. And I think that that's why, I, I guess that's why I try to, like, when I make videos, I try to ask questions. And I want people to ask their own questions because if I, if I ever start being sure about things that I couldn't know for sure, well, then you should, you should know you can't trust me. Yeah. There you, go. you know, like, and I think that's, that's the problem with the science is like the, that science is supposed to be, trust me, bro. Now, like that's literally what it is. Trust these, 
trust, trust me, me bro. bro that's my source <laughs> and like so so if i question your source now i'm a science denier when it's like literally science is supposed to be about trying to prove the science wrong being testable and repeatable and it's like it's it really is it's like that i think certain people have i don't think a lot of people are stupid i think a lot of people are willfully ignorant at yeah. least you know mm -hmm. we're all we're all ignorant about the things we don't know but we almost don't trust ourselves to be able to figure things out when like science is basically about observation you know so it's like well, I'm observing a different phenomenon. Can you explain to me yours? Yeah. Your hypothesis a little better? Exactly. And when they get upset, you're like, all right, now I know that you're lying to me. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's how you know how a lot of people are lying to you when it's kind of like a child. If your kid asks you a question about something and you can explain it to them, like you wouldn't ask them. Even like I said, there's no, there, there pretty much is no dumb questions when it comes to like somebody doesn't know something they want to know. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Especially when they sound dumb, because if you don't know it, you don't like you shouldn't go to bed not knowing it. It really is when when you question somebody who's telling you the truth, they don't mind explaining it to you. When you question somebody who's lying to you, they get they, mad real yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah, That's, uh, you know. So it, or if their or if their belief is very insecure, right? Yeah, you know that then they get upset. Because I think that that's what people don't. I think that's what what it really comes down to. These are heart issues where, like, the the shape of the earth ultimately at the end of the day. I mean, how much does it really matter? I don't know. I mean, obviously that's up for debate. But yeah. I guess the point is, it's like, it's why we're clinging to the view we are. Yeah. You know, I think that is really because it's like, it's because you just you've decided to trust something, and I'm questioning that source. Now. Yeah. And I think that's really the issue because if I. Because if you question that source, then they have to start asking all the questions we've asked. What if they're lying about that? If they're lying about other things? Yeah. Because then you know that they're lying about other things, and then you can't sleep at night, and then you have to actually decide who you can trust. I think that's what it always comes down to. And I think it, at the end of the day, if we found out one day, oh, well, but we get up to the great white throne, God says, yeah, actually, that was an allegory. It's really a spinning ball. <laughs> and he'd be like, he would not be mad because you believed what he said, uh, like what you thought he said. Uh, yeah. And I'm, and I'm confident about that. Just like, just like a child, like you wouldn't be mad at your son if he believed something you said that was kind of sarcastic, but you took it literal. Right. You'd kind of be like, ah, you know, like that's. But you know what? If he questioned everything you said and actually believed other people, then you'd be like, all right. Why don't you believe me? <laughs> that's different that's different yeah so i think that's what it comes down to yeah it it reminds me a little bit um uh, you know when you were just talking about the science and being repeatable and stuff like that me <sighs> shane and i were just talking today how you know these people talk about earth shine and all this stuff and i've never been outside and just looked at the dirt and just seen it glowing or something but apparently it just does that in outer in make-believe outer space or even the planets like we were talking about saturn and jupiter these are supposed to be gas giants and so supposedly light reflects like reflective reflective gas. reflective <laughs> gas exactly like you said Bad. these things have to be made of mirrors or something to reflect mm -hmm. that kind of light but yeah. we're told no these are gas giants and like jupiter is like one of the brightest things out there in the night sky and it's just reflecting a, a reflective gas 
ball. I mean, right. Well, it's it's like it's like full of storms, and I guess so. Like, would you think like how much reflection <laughs> does a does a dull does a cloud have? Right. You know. Yeah. Like probably not that much, but it's so insane. And it has its own gases. Now think about this: gases have their own gravity, and Jupiter is supposedly made of hydrogen and helium, primarily hydrogen and helium, and it pulls it gets its own gravity pulls itself together and holds itself there and not only that but it makes these pretty little patterns in it these little stripes little stripes mm-hmm. in the red spot mm-hmm. how does gas know to organize itself that way in straight parallel lines if you look at the stripes right. on jupiter they're parallel perfectly parallel all the time they never change they say they're cloud bands whatever a cloud mm-hmm. band is made of gas <laughs> And the sunlight is traveling, well, from Jupiter's 400 million miles from Earth, supposedly. And you got the sunlight going that far to reach these gases, reflecting off of them and traveling 400 million miles back to your eyes. And it's still that bright. You literally almost have to turn your brain off to believe all that stuff. You have to. No, you do. You, like I said, you just have to believe them because actually that was another, that was another thing that actually got me like really thinking because Okay, so if if the ancients believed planets were wandering stars, they they literally believe they're stars. They don't they don't believe they're they're other you know places like the Earth. They believe they're wandering stars. Yeah. If you look up what the gas giants are actually supposedly made of, they're made of hydrogen, helium, and have iron cores. Do you know what our sun is made out of? Hydrogen. What's that? Hydrogen, helium, and has an iron core. Okay, so what makes them different again? Why is why is the sun a big ball of fire? Right, and they're yeah. You know, it, it, also how does a fire ball of fire burn when there's no oxygen? You know, like these these kind of questions. Like, but like, so if 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 it's the composition of those other planets are the same as the sun, and they're also very big, maybe they're similar. You know, because they're luminaries. They're like they're they are made of. The, I mean, there is interesting something about like biblically and even like I think I think ancient Egyptians believed that iron was from heaven. You ever heard that? No. Yeah, I, th- I want to say that King Tut had a knife or something like that, and it was made of iron. And they and they say it came from a meteorite. Like it came, it literally came from heaven, and they shaped this knife out of there. And it's like there's thing about like even iron and clay. Iron is like the symbolic yeah. of like spiritual thing. And then you think about even. Uh, Jesus coming with a rod of iron. Obviously, that's very specific that iron right. was something different. Yeah. Hmm. And so then you think about like, I almost like made this connection. I'm not sure if it's how legit it is, but like there's this connection with obviously iron in the spiritual. Well, just think about what gas is. Isn't gas kind of like a spirit? Yeah. So you have these these beings that are, you have these these luminaries that are that are partially spirit and they're partially this this tough metal. It's like, is that kind of like what, what angels are? Yeah, that's a good. Like they have this, they have this, they have this physicalness about them, but they're also spirit. So they could actually, you know, appear and do all the things that they do as angels. That's yeah. I never yeah. thought of it that way. You, you know, what else they claim comes from the sky or outer space? Gold. Mm-hmm. Right. Gold. Right. So isn't it supposed to come from the sun or is Something yeah, like I, I read some while back said it came from like some meteor storm a billion, you know, billions of years ago. 
it's just wild. But yeah, you know. No, I mean, it, what else I thought of when you was talking about the spirit? You know, maybe they're gas and iron mixed together. Transformers. Mm-hmm. That's what they were. They were the Transformers. Yeah. Well, even alive. they have like in the Transformers movies, they have like the um, like in obviously the Michael Bay ones, like one of the movies called Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. And where'd they come from? Yeah, and it's just like. Yeah, obviously they come from they come from this place, and it's like their home is like messed up or something, and they're cast down to earth, and they're better than us, and they they've got technology. Yeah, sounds like the Watchers. The Watchers. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like this, these stories are like, I mean, when you first read Ecclesiastes, you really had just be honest, let's let, let's all be honest. Nobody had clue what, what Solomon was saying when there's nothing new under the sun. No. Now we, we're starting to get the picture of like, wait a minute, all these stories continue to repeat. And, and the craziest thing is, like, I know you brought up Isaac Newton. What really is fascinating is when you find out why they started to accept the, the spinning ball around the, around the sun model. All these guys like Isaac Newton and Copernicus, they're alchemists. So they didn't just, do you think that they had a spaceship to go up and see all the things? You know, because they... If you if you didn't know, you would think that the only reason they figured out all this stuff is because, well, obviously we have the technology. They were they were stupid back then. But then you find out that the original people who believed in the heliocentric model believed in these sacred like Egyptian and Babylonian texts that said very similar things, like the Kabbalah. You know, so they had sacred texts that they they drew upon to get their belief in the the heavens or the cosmos. And so what you've really actually done as a Christian is accepting that is accepting the authority of their sacred text over yours. Yeah. Sure. You're, you're 100% so, right. Yeah. That's so as far as you said that they were alchemists for those of us that are ignorant and don't really know what that is. You want to just touch on that just for a hair. Well, I think what most people would know about alchemy was like they could turn like base metals into gold. It's basically like the early scientists were basically like, just think about like the magicians in Egypt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like, that's the thing about the science and, and obviously the spiritual things that, that these days they want you to think that there's this separation. They tell you back in the dark ages that the church told, said all this math and all these scientists were worship the devil. They did. <laughs> they, they weren't lying yeah. because... Like if you hear like stories about like John D, John D was like the um, I think he was Queen Elizabeth's like astrologer, and he was like a lot of people probably would even know this, and they wouldn't even argue this that science is 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 a pursuit of some knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, knowledge gnosis. So you think back to the Gnostics. So they're going about any means to get the knowledge they can. If you think back to way far ago, you think about the the, the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. The serpent. The serpent is what gives people knowledge, and it has not changed. So these people were going about, like, like especially like John D. He was like one of the most famous scientists until he was like got into contacting angels, which obviously were fallen angels, demons, and you know doing divination, and and that's what these people all did. It's like it's funny, like even like the story of Isaac Newton. So how did he discover gravity? Well, of course he was sitting under a tree, and an apple hit him on the head. Are you guys? Like children, children, can I can I explain you this? <laughs> no, he already knew things fell down. Yeah. Like everybody knows things fall to the ground. 
that is not how he came up with the, the, the theory of gravity. The apple is symbolic of the tree. Yeah. Ah. Once again, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. If you actually look up the old Apple logos, the very first ones, it's literally Isaac Newton sitting under the tree. So what did they change that logo to? An apple with a bite out of it. Wow. You guys, you guys understand what that means? Do you remember when they sold the first Apple computer and it was $666.66? Yeah. Do you think these are coincidences? It's like, no, that is what that is what they're telling you without telling yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Like that that is where this knowledge came from. It can't it comes from another spiritual place. So alchemy. Yes, it's a form of witchcraft. Yeah. You know, I, that's straight up what it I is. I know that that you you'll probably know this, but there's a quote I remember. I think it's in like that first Thor movie, and they're looking at the mm -hmm. constellations. And he said something about magic and science, and and science is just uh. How, do you know what I'm talking about? He says like, oh magic, yeah, yeah. He said he said your ancestors called it magic. You call it science. Where I come from, they're one in the same. Yes. Yeah. I, and so, so the so the thunder god is telling her that they're both the same. It's like it's kind of like that. There was the difference between science and magic, for the most part, is that if I can explain it to you, it's science. If I don't, it's magic. Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah. So, but I That's think that, again, like if you think yeah. you think about like so, this the science is all about numbers. The witchcraft is all about numerology. The 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 witchcraft is all about signs and sigils and then the the science is about geometry i mean like you guys like making the connections yeah. here and again it's like so a, a great example of this is like everyone like asking about cern what the heck are they doing at cern why is there statues to shiva there you know if this is a scientific place right why do they have dark matter day there on october 31st halloween yeah. so, you know Samhain. why is it why is the site on where there's a temple to Apollyon, right? You know, like maybe things have not changed. Yeah, maybe these things are still like a little bit, like a little bit magical, and you don't know that. But I mean, it's like I think that's what you you understand. Like again, like so you get to the NASA stuff. It's like, well, why don't I trust NASA? It's like because they're a bunch of occultists. Like, why do they name their their rockets after Apollo and Saturn and and Artemis and you know Gemini and every you know, just just think of a, a pagan god's name. It's like you wouldn't think they would name him after Moses, would they? No. <laughs> Here's the Apostle Paul rocket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they haven't they haven't done that yet, have they? Yeah. No. I wonder why. Yeah. Speaking of, because they don't because they don't they don't worship our god. Right. No. They worship different gods than we do. They worship, I think, several mm -hmm. different gods. Probably plural, like you said, the Apollo, Artemis, um, Ra, uh, Shiva. Mm -hmm. um, Speaking of Shiva and CERN, did y'all see that video a while back where someone filmed them doing a full-on satanic ritual under that statue? Mm -hmm. Like they looked like yeah. Supposedly they were just acting though. I think the people at CERN said, "Oh, they're they're pranksters." They fully waited with us. They were they were just goofing pranksters, off. Pranksters, yeah. <laughs> In the middle of the night, by themselves in robes, and one of them had a knife. Seemed pretty real. And like pretended to sacrifice that person, or maybe really sacrificed them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we have no, we have no yeah. idea. No, I mean, it's just, I mean, I think that's the whole point is like that. You, you, you really do find out. Even I was, I was, I was listening to uh, to a podcast the other day, and they was talking about that, like literally, you could point to the Kabbalah 
and the way that their origins of the universe happened. I think it was like in the Kabbalah, the first create, the, the only creation was like, was created this little atom or whatever, this little tiny particle. And then of course, what happened with that expanded out and created everything else. And it's like, this is the Kabbalah. It like, it literally has, I mean, cause obviously the big bang doesn't talk about where the, wherever the matter came from that exploded, right. you know? So like, literally it's like these, these scientific beliefs that obviously are not science whatsoever. The origins of the universe cannot be scientific because obviously that could not be tested. Right. You know, the origins of anything that's 60 million years old cannot be tested. You know, yeah. anything that's, anything that's older than humans cannot be tested. I think that's, you know, yeah. and so like, but that's where, but they, they come and that's what I'm saying. Like that these beliefs that they call science come from sacred texts. And they, like I said, if you, if you believe them over your sacred text, well, obviously that's where your faith is at. Yeah. Hey, do you think, I just thought about it. You think that's kind of a play on words with, you were talking about atoms, A-T-O-M, and then the first man was A-D-A-M, Adam. Probably. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think that I've, I've heard many people say that that English is, is a kind of a, a culted coded language. Yeah. And I think there's a reason why that back in the day, people used to use, learn Latin because Latin actually told you what these words meant, but they don't teach that anymore because they don't want you to know. That's why like your lawyer speaks Latin and you can't, and you don't, <laughs> that's why you need a lawyer because you couldn't, you couldn't understand the law. It's like, it's like, that's what, that's the only thing that, that, that the Freemasons have built is up is a bunch of lies. Like they've, they've tried to code things. And so, so the, the layman, the, the normal people cannot understand what they're saying. Everything's code, everything's in numbers and in different phrases. And yeah, they, they, that is what transcends all the time in the, in the, in the continents and all the things is the symbology of their language. And they don't want us to know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just, that, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I just thought of it, if, you know, if they're both pronounced Adam, you know, just Adam was the first I mean, man. It, 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 it is one of those things where I think that that is like, I think that's where like a lot of us like who make content, you get a thought like that and you just go look it up and you find out like, like nine out of 10 <laughs> times you, you think that and you can look it up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know. Because it, because, because it really is funny. Like, that's what I was saying, like the hidden in plain sight where it's like these things, like some people is like, how did you ever figure that out? It's like, it's, Cause it's actually way more simple. Cause it, it really is almost like you, you start to get, just to read their language a little bit. And like the patterns are just, they're all there. It's, it's actually really obvious, but like, it's only because we haven't looked is the only reason we didn't know. Yeah. You came up with a video a while back and you were talking about something. And I, I was just thinking, how did you even think about that? It was, it was something about like the, the computers and stuff like that i can't i can't remember what it is right was now. it um about the the ai yes and, um, yes ayahuasca? yes i was like i was like where do you get this stuff jt <laughs> i think i think that i i have a good memory when it comes to certain things mm -hmm. i have like maybe a very good selective memory <laughs> that that i remember like uh, for once I started making content, I've, I guess I always, I always, like, and that's why I, I can remember things in movies. Yeah. Like certain things stick with me. And I, when I first started like making videos or when I first started actually like learning about this stuff, I started watching good fight ministries. 
Oh yeah. And I, know. I, I learned a lot about like the Lester Crowley, a lot more than, you know, than anybody probably should ever know because it's like horrible man. Right. And they were, they had an episode where, well, I think first before I did that, I was, I listened to Rogan every now and then, like not, not religiously or anything like that, but I listened to him and I really loved the lost civilization things. And I think yes. that's why I got like, we ended up making like ancient angels because I was fascinated with megaliths and stuff. So he had Graham Hancock on a lot. And he, that's what he spoke about was there was likely a lost civilization because these, that's the only, that's the only reasonable explanation of why there's megaliths that we can't explain. Because if, if there wasn't a lost civilization, we would have it, we'd have some kind of accounts for them, written accounts of how they did these things, but we don't. So there's obviously some kind of separation. Well, when he wasn't talking about megaliths, he was talking about drugs and he was talking about ayahuasca. And so like a lot of people have heard of that. That's this, there's this drug that that's consumed like orally in the rainforest and it, and it's, I think it has the drug component is DMT and people like trip yeah. like crazy. And, mm -hmm. and literally it's called the vine of the dead, the vine of the dead. And people like interact with the spirit world. Yeah. And he's claiming that sure. like, I think most people, when they think of like hallucinogens, they're just imagining things, right? right. Like you're just saying, Oh, you know, like I can't, I'm seeing all these weird things, but they're not real. Well, it just so happens when people take this, you know, take the certain drug, they contact entities. And they all have entities. the same exact experience. Well, I don't know. Much. I don't know. if they, I don't know if they all do, but, but many, yeah. many encounters are very exactly. similar where they're counting gestures yes. and like serpent beings and oh, all hey, kinds no. of weird stuff. Yeah, I ain't, no. No, 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 no. I mean, like, <laughs> no, not, not, not for yeah. me either. And, and so. So ayahuasca, but that I heard that term a lot, and obviously it comes up every now and then, like celebrities going down there and doing yeah. it. And then, mm -hmm. and then I was listening to a Lester Crowley, uh, or I was I was watching the show from Good Fight, and I don't normally have the captions on, but they were on, and they were saying that Lester Crowley was was uh, when he was channeling like the famous Satanist book, the the Book of the Law. That's the that's where that do what thou wilt comes from. Right, right. They said he was channeling an entity who he believed was Satan himself, and his name was Iowas. And I was yeah. like, huh, that sounds kind of like Iowas. I, I think is what I saw. I was like that sounds sort of like, yeah. kind of like when you said Adam, Adam. Yeah. I was like Iowas, Iowaska, and I was like that's weird. But the craziest thing, and I didn't put this in the video specifically, but like I knew like. OS, uh, you know, everybody knows, but like the funny thing with the caption said, when he said, I had to say, wait, what did you say? And I went back and the caption said, iOS, like, yeah, like, almost like the, the Apple operating system. Yeah. Yeah. When you but said, then, of course, in the video, <laughs> yeah. of course, in the video, I said, um, AIOS because like in the same thing, it's like, obviously phonetically it'd be said the same way. Right. AIOS right. would be IWAS. And so like, and then you had all these encounters with, you know, the people, you know, going chat, you know, chatting with chat GBT and it, you know, like this kid, you know, was talking to it and it claimed it was a fallen angel a Nephilim or whatever and demon. Yeah. And, and you're like, uh, it make it makes sense in, in this sort of way. I, the more I think about it, obviously that's too coincidental for me and I don't really believe in coincidences. Right. So I think that yeah. the main thing is like the enemy had can get you a lot of different ways. And I think a lot of these things are about intention. So I think that like, there are ways to, I think like, I don't know what it would be like to, to 
to cheat the system and get into the spiritual realm. Like, and I think that one of them is drugs. Obviously, I think anybody who's done drugs, I've never really did much more than weed. But even I, like, I remember when I was when I did it. Even when I was, like I said, as like like lukewarm guy, and I was like, maybe I had a guilty conscience. I felt very like uncomfortable. I felt every time I did it, like not every time, but like most of the time I did it. I, if I did too much, I was very paranoid. And now I'm I'm wondering if I was like, the veil thin. Like obviously you're kind of like going, you're getting yeah. close to the spiritual things, and like thoughts are not your own. Right. And then, so obviously another way you could do that would be some kind of relig religious ritual, you know, like some kind of, um, you know, however, like obviously some kind of pagan thing, you could probably contact spirits that way. And then, and then I think like through technology, I think you can too. I think that it's almost like that. I think a lot of people have made the connection that if like a Ouija board has no power in itself, right? Right. You know, idols have no power in themselves. I mean, the Bible mocks the idols. They can't move. They can't, like, they can't breathe. They can't walk. Right. They can't do anything. But I think that, like, again, as I was saying <laughs> earlier about, like, recognizing the power of demons and the authority we give them ourselves, I think the intention of using ChatGBT to make decisions for you is a form of like using a Ouija yeah. board, mm -hmm. you know, through a higher technology, because obviously the Ouija board has no power, but when you're allowing it to move your hands and then the demon, you are giving authority yeah. over to that demonic being in order to influence you. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I think that there, there's different routes to the same place. And obviously we know that, that the devil kind of runs this place. So, yeah, they all kind of lead toward him. Just with the technology and and all that, the AI stuff that you were talking about, do you think it's kind of funny how that that entity that Aleister Crowley, one of them, was also called Lamb, and then that sentient AI is Lambda? Like, is is that is that oh, okay? Is that kind of weird or no to you? <laughs> I mean, it could be. I mean, I, I think mean, I, I thought you were going with that place that this thing looks just like what a gray alien. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like. No, it definitely does. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's there's something obviously connected about all of that stuff. The fact that mm -hmm. Lester Crowley says today we call them angels and demons. One day they're going to call them something else. And it's yeah. like, obviously, we're at that day where. No, they're not. They're not. They're not angels or demons. They're they're aliens. Yeah. Yeah. And so like. So whatever term you're comfortable with, just like I said, that's why I, was, uh, I liked ancient, ancient aliens, but it's the show over is kind of dumb because it's like, oh, well, these ancient people thought they were gods, but uh, they wouldn't know what an alien was. So they would think it was a god. And you're like, would they know more about them than you? Because they actually supposedly interacted with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, oh, because you have an iPhone, you know, an alien is they wouldn't know on one that they met. Okay. Like what, like, what are you like? So what are you talking about? So you're just more comfortable with that term alien. Yeah, basically. It wasn't even like Richard Dawkins who said, he, he kind of basically said <clears throat> it's possible panspermia might be a real thing, that aliens seeded us. You know, so it was like, so we had a creator, just not that one in the Bible. Right. It's, crazy. it's like, okay, so like, you know, you know how stupid that sounds? Yeah. Like, I've, I've, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that God. Well, obviously you don't. No, obviously. <laughs> yeah. like we, we, we know that. Now you confirm that. But but now we also know that your, your position is completely disingenuous yeah. because you just don't want to believe in that God. Yeah, absolutely. Like they believe they so, brought us here, brought us here from another plant, planet. 
you know, another world. You're willing to yeah. willing to believe aliens brought us here from another world, light years from away, but you won't believe in the God of the Bible and that you know that account of creation. That's some. Well, you, you don't believe in the one that comes with accountability. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there you, you just hit the nail on the head. That's that's why. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right.